This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from north of the border in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. The Rogers Center where the Guardians are taking on the Blue Jays this weekend in a three-game series. Day baseball on both Saturday and Sunday. A 3.07 first pitch Saturday and a 1.07 first pitch on Sunday. Coming up a little bit later on on this week's show, we will hear from Guardian starting pitcher Shane Bieber. Also, shortstop Ahmed Rosario and catcher Luke Maley. We will also visit with Rob Serfolio, get the update on the farm system from Rob, the director of player development for the Guardians. But first, a look back at the week in review and what a week it has been for Cleveland as they have played well enough this week to move into first place in the American League's Central Division. And we begin after a much-needed off day on Monday with the start of the road trip Tuesday night in Detroit. The game was still scoreless in the fifth inning until the Guardians broke the tie thanks to Austin Hedges. The 1-0 swung on, and there's a high fly ball to left. Near the corner goes Badu, and he makes the catch shy of the warning track. Tagging, heading for home, scoring is Miller, and Hedges gets the job done with a sacrifice fly. The Guardians take a 1-0 lead. They added another run in the sixth inning with a clutch hit from Ahmed Rosario. Alexander sets, fires, and the pitch ripped inside the bag at third. Fair ball down the left field line towards the left field corner. In the score is Quan in the second with a double is Rosario. And the Guardians have a 2-0 lead on back-to-back doubles by Stephen Quan and Ahmed Rosario. And on the mound, Shane Bieber continued a stretch of dominant outings by Guardian starting pitchers. Barnhart awaiting the 1-0 pitch. Here it comes. And he grounds it weakly to short. Rosario will set throw to first, and the inning is over. And another great job by Shane Bieber. And the Tiger offensive woes just continue to mount. Seven in the books. Guardians, two. Tigers, nothing. In the eighth inning, Oscar Gonzalez delivered a big two-out hit. He swings and sends this one in the air to fairly deep right. Castro's back on the track. It's over his head. Short hops the wall. That'll score Quan. Rosario's right behind him. And a two-run double the other way for Oscar Gonzalez. 
and a 4-0 Cleveland lead. And what a huge two-out, two-run double for Oscar Gonzalez. And then Josh Naylor kept the two-out rally going. 4-0 Cleveland. The pitch swung and banged up the middle of base hit into center field. Gonzalez flying around third to make it a 5-0 ball game. As Josh Naylor delivers a two-out RBI single to center. And the Guardians have indeed got the separator here in the eighth inning. And they do it all with two men out. Detroit got on the board in the ninth inning, but it wouldn't be enough as Emmanuel Classe finished things up. Here's the set. Here's the pitch. Swung on, grounded to first. Naylor has it. Flips to Classe, covering ball game. It wasn't easy in the ninth, but Classe saves the day. Final tonight, Cleveland 5, Detroit 2. So after winning the series opener, it was on to Wednesday night, and the guards jumped on top in the first inning with another run driven in for Jose Ramirez. The pitch, and it's swung on. A little looping liner into left. That'll be a base hit. Coming home to score, Stephen Kwan. And Jose Ramirez with an RBI single to left. Has his 88th run batted in. 16 have come against Detroit pitching. And good situational hitting there by Jose Ramirez. Not a hard hit, but an RBI single to left. one nothing Cleveland here in inning number one. In the second inning, a moment to remember for rookie Will Benson. Now the 2-2. Swung on, line drive, base hit into right center. Will Benson with his first major league hit. And a run-scoring single as into scores Jimenez, and it's 2-0 Cleveland, and that baseball will head to the first-base dugout. Will Benson, 0-11 in his young Major League career, rips an RBI single here in inning number two. And the Guardians lead it 2-0 on Benson's first base hit, his first RBI, and he probably feels... Like that piano is finally off his back. And on the mound, Aaron Savali was solid in his return from the injured list, allowing two runs in his four innings. Then it was up to the bullpen to hold the lead. The right-hander's ready. Here it comes. Strike three called! A knee-buckling curveball! And Karinczak screaming! As he comes to the first base dugout taking his cap off. And the umpire that has to look at his hand, it's kind of like, settle down. In the ninth, Emmanuel Classe was on to try for another save. So the tying runs at second. Game should be over. Good throw and the game would have been over. Here's the 1-1 pitch. Swung on, bounced on one hop to first. Nailer to the bag himself. Ball game. So the air does no damage, and the Guardians stay in first place. They beat the Tigers tonight, 3-2. to two. So the Guardians looked for the sweep on Thursday afternoon in Detroit, and they got the scoring started in the second with a run on a Tigers error, and then in the fourth, they extended the lead thanks to Luke Maley. Here's the 1-1. Swung on, loop to the right side. It gets on through. Base hit into right field, and that will score a run. Jimenez comes across home plate. Freeman races to third. And Maley's aboard with an RBI single. It's 2-0 Cleveland. In the fifth inning, Stephen Kwan continued to show that he can not only hit for average, but every once in a while, go deep. 
Here comes the 1-1 pitch. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball to deep right field. This one's way back there, and it is gone. Home run, Stephen Kwan. Third on the season for Kwan. 3-0 Guardians. But the Guardians with two key pieces of the bullpen unavailable due to workload in James Karinchak and Emmanuel Classe, Detroit took advantage. They scored two runs in the ninth inning to tie the game, and we went to extra innings. The Guardians started with a runner at second in the top of the tenth. Tigers closer Gregory Soto retired the first two batters, and it would be up to Oscar Gonzalez to try and come through with two outs. The pitch swung on, lined in the right center. It's a base hit. Gonzalez has done it again. Ramirez will score, and the Guardians are back on top, four to three. Oh, another tremendous late-inning clutch hit from Oscar Gonzalez. The rookie with a two-out RBI single to right center. He has knocked in his 19th run. And for Cleveland, three out of their four runs today unearned. In the bottom of the 10th, Brian Shaw was on to try and nail down a save and a sweep in Detroit. Tigers batting in the 10th, two down. Runner at third. Castro awaiting the 1-2 pitch from Shaw. Here it comes. A swing and a miss! Ball game! And the Guardians have swept the Tigers. They get their ninth win in extra innings. And after Detroit got two in the ninth to tie it, Cleveland comes back to beat Detroit in 10 innings, 4-3. to three. So a good three days in the Motor City for the Guardians as they moved into first place over the second place now, Minnesota Twins, and they tried to keep the momentum rolling Friday night in Toronto against a red-hot Blue Jays ball club. We start with some defense early in the bottom of the first inning. Cal Quantrill facing Blue Jays leadoff hitter Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Now the payoff. Swung on, hammered to deep left field. This is over Quan's head. He leaps and makes the catch, falling to the turf on the track in left. Oh, what a play by Quan. The ball was beyond him. It was over his head. And he leaped toward the wall with the ball beyond him and made the catch and then diving to the track held on. In the third, still scoreless, but the Guardians started the offensive attack, loading the bases with Ahmed Rosario standing in. Now the 1-2 pitch to Rosario. A swing and a ground ball. Back up the middle into center. That's a base hit. Hedges scores. Benson's right behind him. Throw to third. Quan's in sliding. That enables Rosario to scamper to second. And the Guardians have a 2-0 lead and a bad decision in center field by Jackie Bradley Jr., So Ahmed Rosario coming through with a ground ball single to center. That gives him 47 RBIs. Jackie Bradley Jr. had as much chance of throwing Quan out at third as Rosie and I do from the booth. Jose Ramirez followed with a sack fly to make it 3-0. Then Josh Naylor capped off the big inning. Here is the set. Here is the pitch. Naylor sends a drive to deep left. Back goes Gurriel. Track, wall, gone! Josh Naylor comes back home. And the only people standing and roaring are mom, dad, and the rest of his family. An opposite field two-run home run to left. 
It's a five-run inning for the Guardians. And Josh Naylor with one of the most joyous jogs around the bases in his young Major League career. In the fourth, the Guardians pulled away even further with two men on for Jose Ramirez. Here's the 1-2 pitch. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball to right. This one's deep way back. Home run, Jose Ramirez. And the route is on now, if it wasn't already. Ramirez with a three-run bomb, and it is 8-0 Cleveland. Number 22 for Ramirez. And it's a four-RBI night for Ramirez. He now has 92 on the season. And on the mound, Cal Quantrill returning to his native Toronto area was putting on a show of his own. Now the wind end, the 2-2. Strike three called. He painted the outside corner with a sinker. Quantrill has struck out seven. He's one hit away from a perfect game. Eighth inning is next. Cleveland dominating the Jays 8 to nothing. And in the ninth, Nick Sandlin was on to finish things up. Here is the next delivery. And Vlad Guerrero bangs one to third. Fielded by Freeman. He'll go to second one. Jimenez turns the double play. Ball game. And Nick Sandlin is able to get out of it. There were some hard hit balls. But he gets the job done. So quite a week for the Guardians as they move into first place and extend that lead. And uh, certainly it's been a, a real positive of late, especially on the pitching front for Cleveland. As heading into play on Saturday, they had won six in a row. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from former Cy Young winner who is flashing some of that form here in 2022, Shane Bieber. He'll join us next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money, but it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head. Hey, just wanted to remind you of that time your kicker missed the extra point and lost the game. Even though he literally never missed an extra point, he chose this playoff game to miss. Yeah, I just noticed you hadn't thought about that in a bit. Wouldn't want you to miss, you know, thinking about it. Sorry, we can't save you from that memory, but we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Toronto and the Rogers Center where the Guardians are taking on the Blue Jays this weekend. Earlier in the week, Shane pitches again on Sunday afternoon. Well, on Tuesday in Detroit, he pitched seven scoreless innings and a win over the Tigers. And uh, Bieber has been really good of late, but he says he still feels like there's room for improvement. Yeah, I think it's important. I feel like I'll never really lose that mindset no matter where I'm at, but um, that's definitely the feeling um, for me. You know, post-outings, I um, I think there's a lot more in there for me and a, a lot more consistency. Last night, even though, um, you know, the box score was good, it kind of was uh, a grind for me to, to, to repeat my, my delivery and um, all while trying to get ahead of guys and execute pitches. And, um, you know, the result was good, so we'll always take that, but um, there's always room to grow. And a quality of pitch-wise at this point in the season, is it starting to get where you, you'd like it, where you can do some things that you like to do, especially command-wise? Yeah, I think so. I think my stuff's ticking up with the adjustments that I'm making, um, getting more swings and misses, um, 
you know out of, out of the zone and in the zone but um i think for me um just gaining comfortability within my delivery and um being able to repeat that um you know better and better after each pitch is is going to be big for me um you know going towards the end of the season you were the third of, of three straight shutout performances by starting pitchers now now you can't impact what somebody does the day before they they don't necessarily do that for you but is there there a carryover when it starts to snowball like that from starter to starter and and as a staff you start really rolling i guess so um whether it's recognized and talked about or not i think um it kind of just happens the um there's ebbs and flows throughout a season and um that's with the the team as a whole or um with each individual part of the team and that could be the bullpen the offense the defense the the um, the starting rotation. So uh, just try and keep it rolling, keep the momentum moving forward. I think it's more of an uh, entire team aspect than it is uh, starting pitching. I think our focus generally is just to go out there and put together quality outings and um, hang in the game or, or set the tone um, aggressively for as long as we can and then let the offense and defense take over from there. Maybe along those lines, uh, you wake up this morning, August 10th, the team's tied for first place. Uh, what does that mean to you guys at this point in the season? I know there's a lot of baseball left, but but what's the feeling in there today? Yeah, there's a lot of it left, so um, I don't know. It's kind of the same song and dance. We know what we're we're capable of, but um, there's a lot of baseball left and a lot of room to improve uh, in a lot of different facets. So I think we're we're kind of just keeping our head down. We're not getting uh, uh, too high or too low, and we're just going to keep play, keep playing our game. That generally puts us in a good position to succeed. And you've been here with some playoff teams you've been here with some non-playoff teams um, what is it about this group though really from the start that that's been a lot of fun to be a part of um i think we pick each other up i think we do a really good job of staying together not um panicking when uh, our results aren't great and um just moving on and moving on to the next challenge whether that's uh you know the 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 latter third of the game or whether that's an entirely new game the next day or a doubleheader or whatever you know we face a lot of um, different adversities throughout this year and we've had a lot of turnover but um, one thing that stays consistent is um, our ability to compete I think that's what we do really well and so um, that's what kind of puts us in positions to uh, succeed thus far so we got to continue that. Shane nice going last night thanks for the time. All right thanks Rosie. At starting pitcher Shane Bieber getting out of the kind of role that we have seen before from him and it's all part of a starting rotation that is really clicking now as we get deeper into the month of August. We'll take a timeout, then come back and hear from Ahmed Rosario, Guardian shortstop. That's after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Jim Rosenhouse back with you on Guardians Weekly. Great to have you with us this weekend from north of the border, the Rogers Center in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget a lot of ways to listen to our show each week, including on the radio network, but also as a podcast, wherever you like to download your favorite podcasts or online at cleguardians.com, and all the archived editions are there as well. Well, Ahmed Rosario has had quite a season, both offensively and defensively, and we caught up with him earlier this week along with translator Augie Rivero, and Ahmed talked about some of the things that have helped him turn in his best season in a very young major league career. Bueno, yo creo que el trabajo, creo que 
con la consistencia que yo he venido trabajando los últimos años. I think it's due to the work that we've been putting together, not necessarily only from this year, but from several years back. And I felt that has been the best way to, to get the result that we got it so far. And sometimes uh, so much of hitting is about approach and, and finding what works well for you. How long did it take you to, to find that good approach that has really worked for you this season? Bueno, yo creo que algo que me ha ayudado a los años anteriormente yeah, I think it comes down to the patience, right? Something I've been working through the years is how to be more patient on the plate. I got to accept that before I was sort of like just going, trying to hit everything came around. Now it feels like more like a patient approach. So I know with a clear idea of what I want to hit and when I want to hit it, and that has given me good results. And the way you play the game all around, whether it's defense, hitting, base running, it just seems like you play with a, a certain amount of joy. Where, where did that come from? How how early in, in your baseball life did that start? I feel since I have, uh, since I can recall, I really enjoy this game. And one thing that is really present to me, like I'm, I'm a privileged person to play this game. A lot of people would love to be in the position that I am, and that's something that makes me feel thankful. And, and why not? Why not give your best and enjoy the most you can, something that you enjoy so much like, like I do for baseball? And you're with a team that has a great chance to make the postseason here with two months to go. Uh, your thoughts on just this team being a part of it and where you fit in with this group of players? Bueno, yo creo que los muchachos están haciendo tremendo trabajo. I feel like the, group, the guys are doing a, an, an extremely good job, so I feel what I can do in a way consistently is to bring the energy and make sure to, in any way I can, nobody puts their head down and they keep working and playing hard the way they've done so far. Ahmed, Augie, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. That's Guardian shortstop Ahmed Rosario with translation help from Augie Rivero. Luke Maley's done some nice work behind the plate, sharing catching time with Austin Hedges, and we caught up with him early in the week talking about last Sunday's one nothing win over the Astros. Not only did Maley catch a masterpiece from Tristan McKenzie, but he also hit the solo home run that turned out to be the only run of the game. And he says for his role as the backup catcher, that's about as good as it gets. Yeah, I think you said it right there. It's about as good as it gets. Um, you know, obviously you'd like to have everybody kind of contribute, but that's the way it goes sometimes. Um, you know, the way it's been kind of going, I've been back there and uh, just trying to do the best I can on defense, trying to get guys locked in. And we had a few uh, tough games, the games I was back there. So to catch a shutout and also contribute the RBI there is uh, it's, it's awesome. And you hit the home run. And I talked to Austin Hedges about this, another good defensive catcher. But there, there's got to be some part of you that, that would love to really do well offensively as well. And, and what are the challenges when you're catching and really putting your heart into that, to performing well offensively? Obviously, there's the physical toll that it takes, but you know, no, no catcher's out there just uh, happy with getting out, right? We, we talk about having kind of defense-first guys all the time, and um, I think my career I would probably profile as one of those guys, but it doesn't mean that we're not trying to have great at-bats. Um, you know, the last couple weeks, I would say Austin and I have both swung the bats I would, you know, noticeably better. There's no other way around it, and um, that's huge. I think it, it gives us uh, a little bit of an incentive to go, you know, keep playing the great defense, but also gives us, you know, a little bit of a sigh of relief that we're helping offensively as well. And is that just part of the ebbs and flows of the season, or have you made some adjustments that you think have helped? Uh, it, it's always both, right? You know, this, this game is finicky in that way. You, you feel great about something uh, it seems like one hour, and then the next hour it doesn't really work again. And uh, you know, I don't, I don't care who you are, or what your batting average is, um, or what your career is like. It, you're always fighting. You're always trying to find it. Um, some guys have to fight a little bit harder than others sometimes, but uh, 
it's nice to be in a, a little bit of a groove, you know, both of us, and, and really collectively I think we're swinging the bats pretty good right now. And first home run in a while. Um, how good does that feel rounding the bases, especially in that type of game off of that type of pitch? It was awesome. I mean, you know, the home runs are funny. They uh, they seem to kind of happen when you're not trying to not trying to hit them. I had a one-two count against a guy with a really good slider and a really good heater, trying to just fight and see it as good as I can, and you happen to connect with it a little bit out front. Um, but, yeah, seeing a ball go over the wall is uh, something I could get used to. Here we are. It's early August, and this team's still hanging around. And it, it seems like everyone's waiting for that to, to stop. But at this point, um, what's the feeling in that clubhouse as you get deeper and deeper into this thing? How exciting is it getting? We're trying to just maintain. We're trying to do the same thing we've been doing since April. And it's it's definitely getting more noticeable that the schedule is starting to shrink with games in front of us becoming less and less. And it feels like there's a little bit more of a premium on every single pitch, but that's that's good. That's exciting. I think for the young guys here, um, and even for guys like me who have been around but haven't been a part of too many playoff runs, that's a great feeling. And I think it's it has a way of kind of going one way or the other. You either have to raise your game to the next level, or you know you're going to be on the outside looking in. And hopefully, we do uh, do the first one. And there, there are more young players joining this seemingly once a week. What allows them to, to have success? What's going on here that that seems to make them comfortable? I, I think first and foremost, they're really good. It doesn't really matter what your personality traits are. If you don't have the talent, you're not going to probably do too good up at this level. And, and those guys definitely have the talent. But, you know, I was talking about this with, with a couple of guys. It, it's almost kind of refreshing. They, they don't really have anywhere to hide. So they've gone through some ebbs and flows of a season, like you've mentioned before. But when you're pretty much the only option, um, you're going to be in there. You have to find a way to do it. And I think there's a little bit of freedom in that in a weird way. Um, we've seen Quan do it. He had a, a little bit of a tough run in May, and he bounces right back because he just, whether he liked it or not, he was going to be in there. And uh, you know, sure enough, here we are in August, and he's one of our main contributors. And pitching-wise, the, the starters really starting to come around. Uh, we saw it Sunday with Tristan McKenzie. What's going on there with him that, that just seems to really be taking off for him as we get deeper into the second half? Kind of the same thing. I mean, it, it begins and ends with the talent. The, the guy's got a fastball that's really just, it's outstanding. Any profile you look at, his fastball is really, really solid. You know, like anybody else, when it gets away, these hitters are good enough, they're going to punish it. But the other day, he was staying in his lanes. Um, he was able to get to the extension side with the fastball. As a result, his slider had a little bit more tilt to it. His breaking ball was really getting a lot of swing and misses. I mean, he, just, he had it all working. It's one of those awesome days that you have when you're a starter with that kind of talent. And he had a new hairstyle. Uh, any concern there going in that uh, he changes it up while he's going well? Sometimes you got to shock the system. So I guess he figured, you know, taking that thing down a little bit was going to hopefully help him, and turns out it did. Luke, thanks a lot for the visit. Appreciate it. You got it. Anytime. That's Guardians catcher Luke Maley really coming on both at the plate and he's been there behind the plate all season long. Same holds true for Austin Hedges as well, the other catcher for the Guardians, both playing very well here in the month of August. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll have our final segment with a farm report from Rob Serfolio, the Guardians Director of Player Development. Hang on, folks. This baby isn't over yet. When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money, but it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head. Remember when one of your best players got injured, but not like on a play or anything? He got injured celebrating a play, and it's not like it was a game-winning play or in the playoffs, and he was out the rest of the season? Because he was injured while celebrating? Yeah. Sorry, we can't save you from that memory. But we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundle discount not available in all states or situations.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Toronto and the Rogers Center. Good things happening down on the farm as the Guardians farm system continues to be ranked among the best in all of baseball. And the man who oversees that is the rec- Director of Player Development, Rob Serfolio. And uh, this week we focus on high single-A Lake County. Prior to the captain's home game on Friday night, the team was at Progressive Field getting some work in. And Rob explains why that is such a positive for the young players in the system. Yeah, spot on. So, you know, this is one of those take advantage of when the major league team's on the road. And first off, our hitting group has done an awesome job kind of outlining some of the potential ways in which we could be creative with the training work that we do before the game. So, you know, a lot of times that's where we talk about before seven o'clock, that two to seven o'clock windows where in player development, we really try and, and make our money in that window because that's so developed or so geared towards development. So using all of that time to our advantage. And, and this is just a great example of trying to use all of our resources. So obviously we, we have some pretty state of the art cages at the major league, at the major league ballpark. And we have a brand new pitching machine in there as well that we're going to have some of the, the younger kids get off today and hopefully use that as a way to prepare for some of the pitching that they're going to see in their game tonight. So I think it was just a really creative idea by our hitting team, Nate Fryman, Alex Eckelman, and Chris Smith, who's our hitting coach over at Lake County. Those guys thought it would be a cool opportunity to, to have the guys come over here, see the stadium, get accustomed to what it's like walking around through the hallways downstairs. And, and then, like I said, use use that time to, to really help them prepare and, and push some of the training limits that we like to do to, to help guys on their journey to becoming a big leaguer. And geographically throughout the farm system, at least three of your clubs reasonably close by. And I know we've talked about it before, but that ability to to be right near where they want to be eventually, um, how much can that come into play for, for a young player who sometimes the minor league season can drag on a little bit? But with, with that there, does that make a difference, you think? No doubt. And, and I think with Lake County in particular, you know, hopefully these some some of these guys are playing in Cleveland here in a couple of years and they get an opportunity to actually live in the city and, and kind of feel what it's like to wake up in Cleveland, Ohio and, and learn what it is to live downtown and places to eat. And, and I think just that comfort and getting used to their surroundings is huge. And then to your point, just having multiple of our affiliates this close to our home base is, I think, such a competitive advantage both for our players, like we talked about, just from a comfort standpoint, getting to see some of the things that they'll see as they climb the ranks, but also just from our staff standpoint, allows us to really have good collaboration across all of our teams. And, you know, our, our staff that's based here out of Cleveland is able to really travel and kind of, you know, be a on the ground presence, which I think is always great just to, to help support our, our troops on the ground that are, you know, kind of in the trenches with the players every day and, and just kind of really make that team feeling. Rob Serfolio joining us, 
the Guardians Director of Player Development. We're talking Lake County, the high A farm team for Cleveland. And uh, we'll start in the outfield. Um, a couple of good outfielders here having uh, some real progress seasons. And let's start with Petey Halpin, a former top draft pick. And it uh, looks like he's picked things up, especially recently after a slower start. Yeah, you're you're spot on. And, and Petey, again, you know, similar theme like we've talked about, Rosie, whether it was Naylor last year or some of the guys that just start the season as really like one of the youngest players in the league. And, and Petey was a guy that we challenged right out of the get-go. And, you know, we actually talked to him about that right at the end of spring training. And I think we foresaw potentially some of those early season hurdles where you know, he's a 20, 20-year-old kid who's only played a half season of pro baseball last year in Lynchburg. And to his credit, didn't let some of those early season struggles prevent him from trying to get better every day and and he's done just that i think he's close to what a 30 game on base streak at this point and continues to play really good defense in center field and is you know getting some time in the corners as well so for a young kid in in really his first full season of pro baseball because last year he only got a taste of about half a season out of philly it's it's pretty impressive to see just some of the resiliency that he's shown and and dedication to kind of that development process uh, with with his long-term goals in mind. And again, I think a huge credit to Greg Desenzo and, and our staff over in Lake County for just continuing to to keep Petey's focus on point. And, and again, the, the credit always goes to the player for, for being able to compartmentalize and, and really kind of focus on the things that he needs to do to perform. So that's been a cool story for us throughout the year. Always fun to find power develop throughout the course of the season, and I know you are excited to talk this week about Jonathan Rodriguez. What has he done to, to really put himself on the map? Yeah, and, and maybe a name that, to your point, there isn't always on the map, and I think that's a credit to you know some of the depth we have throughout our system. But you know, here's a kid that was a third round pick out of Puerto Rico back in 2017, I believe, was really young, and again, just has continued to kind of get slowly better with with these opportunities and and doesn't you know kind of reminds me a little bit of the will benson story that that we talked about a couple weeks ago where you just look up and and each year you kind of see a little bit of improvement and improvement and, and j-rod has has kind of fit that bill and i think he hit 15 home runs in 30 games and hit another one the other day and was you know player of the month in that league in july and just has really put on some some impressive showings offensively and, and continues to get better on the defensive and base running sides of the ball as well so you know to to another name in our in our organization that that might be a little off the map but has continued to do some some pretty impressive things and and has really been hot here for the last two months or so turning to the pitching side of things Doug Nikhazy uh, another recent draft pick uh, fairly high up he's settled in he's made 18 starts with Lake County I know you've had a lot of movement pitching-wise from that ball club moving on up. Uh, he's been able to stay there and, and and just kind of be steady all season long in terms of his progression. And, and where have you seen the most improvement from him as he spends that time at Lake County? Yeah, it's it's been a great learning year for Doug. And, you know, a guy coming from the SEC in Ole Miss that was was dominant as a college pitcher. And and we had him skip right over low A because we thought he had the stuff and, and just the, the maturity to handle that challenge. And despite some rocky starts early in the year where we faced some command issues, again, Doug has, has really kind of used that to his advantage and built off that. And for a guy who's, as a pitcher, I think in particular, you know, those guys come out here in their first year and 
and they throw the most that they've ever thrown. And it's a little bit of a new routine based on what they did in college. And I think just the maturity and the way in which Doug has, has really continued to work and kind of learn from all of the ups and downs, despite getting challenged as a first year player has been really impressive. And, and his stuff is, is such high quality with his fastball curveball and his sliders really come along as well. Um, it, it's been great to see him challenge hitters and kind of learn from some of the things that, that he was met with early in the year on the command side and, and has really improved and, and been a staple for that group in the starting rotation. And, and I think why they've you know been playing some really good baseball here for the last couple months in the second half and, and hopefully have an opportunity to, to maybe make a playoff push as a result. Jack Leptwich is uh, one more pitcher we'll talk about, and uh, looks like he's off to a real nice start at Lake County. And what are you seeing from him this season as he continues to progress? Yeah, similar to Doug, another another SEC arm that, that we selected last year. And again, kind of working through that, that workload challenge that is being a starting pitcher in, in, in the first year in pro ball. And Jack began the year in Lynchburg for us and you know, pretty comically dominated that level. And, and we've continued to see the same guy in Lake County and uh, just his arsenal continues to develop. And, you know, again, I, I think a huge credit to our pitching group and Caleb Longshore, who's on the ground there in Lake County with those guys currently just Jack's done a great job of, of just getting better and kind of using this opportunity to really focus on both his pitch mix, but also the execution and plan of attack side of things and really learn how to use his stuff most effectively. And I think we've seen really good results as, as because of that. So just another, you know, college guy with, with some solid maturity that's really taken to the challenge and, and done a, a really good job on the performance side of things and, and another exciting, exciting arm to have through in our organization. Well, Rob, as always, we appreciate the update. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks for coming by. Thanks, Rosie. I appreciate your time. That's Rob Serfolio, the Guardians Director of Player Development. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of Guardians Weekly. Thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, we hope you can join us next week when the team is back home. They take on the Tigers and White Sox on the upcoming homestand. Hope to see you down at the ballpark as this team continues to really impress and start to make a name for itself in the division as heading into play on Saturday, they are a first-place ball club. That's all next week. Until then, I want to thank Brian Motze for all of his help putting together our show each week. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.